Hey y'all, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B, and I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us, and if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right, all right, let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. Rebecca George is the founder of Radical Radiance, a podcast community where listeners are equipped to blend what they love with the Jesus who makes them shine. She is a podcaster, speaker, and author whose greatest joy in life is discipling others to pursue their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. In her free time, you can find her running outside, writing, or trying a new recipe with Garth Brooks playing in the background. You can connect with her on Instagram at Rebecca George Author or at RadicalRadiance.live. Rebecca George, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today? Ainsley, I'm so excited to be with you. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Anytime, literally ever. I'm so excited to talk to you today and share with our Wild Confidence listeners all the things that you're doing. I love keeping up on Instagram and just cheering you on. Mm, same here. And all the things, all the things. All the things. So tell me, tell everyone, what you do, who you are, give us your little quick bio. Sure. Yeah. So I am married to Dustin. I'm a pastor's wife. I am a writer and speaker, author, just like you, Ainsley. And I host the podcast called Radical Radiance, which really has a heart to equip us and have conversations centered around like, what does it look like to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do, our life, our work, our relationships, So that's a whole lot of fun, and I'm so excited to release my first book this April called Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. And so kind of pointing back to that. so many Gs. It's so many Gs. And you wouldn't wouldn't believe how many people comment on that when I like rattle off the subtitle, and I just love alliteration. Me too. No, me too. It's so fun. And this is so rare for people who like don't know the publishing industry. Like it was the initial... Like, here's my initial subtitle idea, and they loved it. And I'm so glad so because good. I love it too. That's not always the case. So, anyway, I do too. I love yeah. it. I'm like, yes, like I am on track. I'm listening. I'm like getting everything you're saying because of the alliteration. Yes, I love it. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I'm up to these days. I love it. Okay. So, tell me this I think that there's a lot of young adult women who, I come across and they're like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, I want to be a speaker, a writer, a podcast host. And, you know, as I'm listing these things out, I'm like, oh my gosh, each of these things can be a full-time job, you know? Totally. Each of these, and the things that you just listed, it made me think like, I'm so tired, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I was like, yeah, that when you list it like that, the days that I feel like I'm not doing enough, you know, the days that I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I need to be doing more. I need to be more. I'm like, do I need to just re list, re say that list and remind myself like all the things I'm doing. So I'm just curious how you manage it all and how you, how you do it all. Ooh. Yeah. I love that question. Here's the thing. I'm like a long game, like marathon kind of girl. I'm not a sprinter. So like, I don't work great under pressure. I don't like feeling behind on things. And so because of that, when I stepped into a lot of what we just named that we do, I tried to really 
think ahead, right? So like before I launched my podcast, I banked probably 10 to 15 episodes so that there would never be a moment where I would say like, oh crap, I don't have something for tomorrow that's supposed to release, right? And so I think the thing, and you and I talked about this before we hit record, I think the thing that has saved me so many times is um, just pulling back from things and, and thinking through like what what are the bones that need to be created in like my workflow, my processes so that I'd never have a moment where, you know, I'm scrambling or whatever, because I don't know about you, but that like sucks the fun out of everything for me. A hundred percent. And I love what I do. I love what I do. I feel so compelled and called to like this work that we do that I don't ever want it to feel that way for a sustained period of time. So that's probably the one thing I would say that has helped me along the way in that. So do you batch work? Well, yeah, the batch working would be like those episodes. Yeah. And all of that. Yeah. And I also just, I don't know about you, but I always just try to keep my eyes open, right? Like if I see, you know, I'm scrolling on Instagram and part of that is like research for me, right? And I see a friend talk about their book that's coming out, you know, four or five months from now. Well, mentally I'm thinking, okay, I want to have them on the podcast. Let me go ahead and save them a spot and send a quick email so that they know, like, let's connect here in a few weeks. And so even just kind of always having that mindset of like thoughtfully thinking forward, I think has helped me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is huge. And I was actually um, talking to my counselor yesterday about taking like everything that I do habitually is to set future me up for success. Mm. Like how can I love future Ainsley and serve future Ainsley right now? Probably meal prepping. So it's just easy. It's like less, you know, mind work, probably scheduling hour blocking my days. So I know this is when I'm working. This is when I'm playing. This is when I'm momming, you know, all of those things. So I couldn't agree more that that really is how it's possible, I think, to do all of those things. Yeah. And I think it's how we do them for the long haul, right? Like we Mm -hmm. said that before we started too, of like, I want to be doing this in 10 years. I feel really called to write and speak and, and I'm not going to be doing this in 10 years if I run at a pace that's not sustainable. Right. And so I think that's key too. Yeah, for sure. So we're both, one of the things on our list um, is writing and writers, authors. You have a book coming out soon, but before we talk about that specific uh, book and your heart behind it, I want to know if you have like a writing process or formula that you do, because whenever we think of like, okay, 50,000 plus words, (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of words. It's just so many words. And not only, and like you're saying, like you want to be doing this. I want to be doing this in 10 years. How many words are we going to accumulate over all of that time? So do you have a process that you go to, to get all of your words out or what does it look like in the throes of the writing zone? Okay. I could nerd out and talk about this all day. Here's what I I think I've learned. I don't think I did a lot of things well this first round, right? I think your first book is, is sort of like how I felt when I ran my first marathon. Like the goal was just to cross the finish line, right? Mm -hmm. The goal was to like end up with a word document that had 50,000 words in it. (laughs) And so I, I really hope to have more strategy moving forward in that. And I've tried to just learn from others and take best practices from 
you know, people who know how to do it well. And a couple of things I'm going to do this next time that I think will be helpful is have you ever heard of like storyboarding where you take like sticky notes and you cover your wall and sort of like story arc, even a nonfiction book sort of has that same flow. Mm-hmm. And so I plan to do that this next time. I also plan to just invite more people into the conversation on the front end. Like, I think I'm just going to lay out, like, here are the chapter topics. Like, let me give you a week to think and pray on, like, what scriptures come to mind when you think about that topic that encourage you? What are maybe thoughts that you have on on that particular thing? And just sort of, like, fact gather before I sit down and write with other women, just other women apart from just, like, the voice in my own head, right? And just see, like, what I can glean from that and learn from that as I then sit with the Lord of like, okay, how are you calling me to steward this message? Well, so the first time I just wrote 50,000 words this next time, I feel really excited and hopeful about having more strategy behind it. So what about you? Did you do anything special on the front end of your first one? I, um, I did do a lot of the storyboarding kind of thing. Yeah. Like I did, um, I did my outline and then I had the chapters on what are they called flashcards yeah and then I kind of could move them around like does this story go better with this chapter this story Mm. and then this lesson and I kind of created a little puzzle um with it but I also feel like I you know had my initial book and then I feel like I wrote a whole nother book (laughs) you know oh same this one idea and then I was like I feel like it's the same principles, but totally different construction, which was neat. I think it was really cool and very stretching and very, um, refining. Yes. To go through that process. Um, I would just like to point out that you literally just casually said that you, your first marathon, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, yeah, the first time I ran a marathon, I'm like, (laughs) okay. Well, I always say I didn't get married until I was 27. And so I had this whole like span of years in my twenties where it was like, okay, I'm not married yet. I have all of this capacity and all of this time. And like probably some of your (laughs) listeners who are in that sort of span, like get what I'm saying if you're not married yet. And so I was kind of like, okay, what are the like crazy audacious things that I've always thought like, that'd be so cool to do one day. And running a marathon was one of them. And so, um, I had the time, I had the capacity That's and amazing. it was incredible. I li- I would like to say I'd do it again. It's just so hard on your body. Like I yeah. go run four miles now and I like hurt for three days. So uh-huh. the, yeah. nothing, no part of me is like running a marathon sounds awesome to <laughs> like, for me, when I hear it from other people, yeah. I'm like, that is incredible for yeah. me. I'm like, I'm good. no part of me but every time I'm uh, I hear somebody doing that or like my husband did a half Ironman I'm always like oh that's incredible the discipline and the the mental strength that it takes I just feel like that could change my life or you know changed my life yeah it changed my life and I talk about it a lot in the book because there's so much I learned about endurance and just Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what I talked about of like the long game is like my jam and like strategizing on like, I, I want to last in this. Like, I think a lot of that came from enduring through 26.2 miles and like knowing to my core, like what that feels like. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty That's cool. Amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking when I think about like <laughs> how far that is, I'm like, that is halfway to my parents' house. Like I can <laughs> run 
halfway to my parents' house. <laughs> that yeah. makes me want to die. But I Ugh. love it. That's incredible. And you're just so casual about it. That is what I appreciated about <laughs> what how you just said it. That's <laughs> like, oh my boss, goodness. we're going to sit on that for a second. <laughs> okay. So now that we know a little bit about you, your process and your um, endurance ability and all the strength, tell us about this book specifically and your heart behind it and what inspired it and all of those things. Yeah, sure. So I would say I'd go back about 10 years ago. God led me to start this ministry that I had for about five or six years. And it came out of my mom's cancer journey, which praise God, we're like 10 years on the other side of. Wow. And so for about five or six years, I had this ministry where we donated handmade hats and handwritten letters of encouragement into cancer treatment centers all over America. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson, and it was an incredible season of ministry. And as, as it does happen, I, you know, would speak to women's groups and Bible studies and church groups. And, um, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts about speaking is just the conversations that you have after you step off a stage. Right. And so I would have these conversations with women of like, I love what God led you to do because of what your mom went through. And, um, then they would say something to the effect of, I feel like I have my own version of that. I feel like God is stirring my heart towards this thing. And almost every time they would hush to a whisper. And for some reason, whether it was insecurity, fear, doubt, Maybe they were scared to just start, or maybe they were going to have to quit something in order to have capacity to do this particular thing. Something was keeping them stuck and holding them back. And it reminded me a lot of my own moments in my own calling when I had to push past that and point myself back to truth. And so I continued having so many of these conversations. And when I really sensed God leading me towards writing and speaking more, this was sort of the natural first like thread I could pull on and see like, okay, yeah, there's something there. And there's a, there's a challenge that I think we all feel as women of like, how do I see the gifts and talents God's given me from a gospel centered perspective so that it's not if, but when I have those moments of insecurity, doubt, fear, I'm scared to start, whatever it is, I know where to turn in those moments. And so that's really my heart behind it. I think I've seen, you know, we've all seen a ton of ink spilt and books hit the shelves in the last probably decade on purpose and calling and um, certainly some some good ones and and some ones that probably left us a little exhausted and probably mm-hmm. self-obsessed, it, you know, <laughs> past the point that was really probably necessary. And so I read some of those books too. And I really, even myself was just yearning for like that book that I wish I would have had in those hard moments of my calling that would really steer me towards truth and how to see that rightly. And so, so yeah, that's my kind of heart and story behind it. I appreciate so much that it's, you know, part of it is birthed out of other people's conversations with you and Mm. their perceived limitations on themselves, because I think that's what's, that's what makes your book so powerful Mm. is that it's like, it's just real, you know, it's not just your own feelings of these things. It's from the conversations of other people and from other people's hearts straight to your, Mm. you know, ears straight to this, to the paper. And I think that that is what I think everybody will be able to see themselves in because of 
the exposure that you had to so many different hearts and so many different conversations about a similar heartache. Hey y'all, I have something just for you. If you have wondered how to find your confidence, how to connect with the Lord, how to write a book, how to start a podcast, how to stay productive. I have all of these things that I've just learned and compiled in one place based on the most frequently asked questions that I get on probably a weekly basis. So if you have wondered any of those things, check out the online courses on my website. They're called Field Guides, and they are just there for you for any support you might need in any of those areas. Check out these online courses today. And I almost wonder, I feel like I've seen this a few times with people, and it's like, it's almost like if it comes easy to me, it can't be my calling. Mm. You know, like if, if I... Like, it sometimes feels like, surely if God's going to call me to something, it's going to be really hard and yeah. something that I'm not, not naturally gifted in. Yeah. Have you run into that at all? And what do you think about that? Okay. I love that you just posed that question. And I also think that both ends of the spectrum can be a challenge. Like the thought of it's always going to be hard. It's always something I'm just going to have to like press and endure through. Like that's just not always true in at least my story, right? Like are there challenging parts of what God's called me to do? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, when I look at it holistically, like I have so much joy in how I feel that God has gifted me and how I'm using that to advance his kingdom. And I pray that's true for every listener as they come to this conversation. And if and if not, like press into that, right? And like, how does that shift and change as you begin to really see what's God giving me and how am I using it? And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, I actually heard someone share a few weeks ago, and if if I said her name, you you would know who she was. Um, was sharing about this particular part of her calling um, in our world, and she said, you know, if that that area doesn't feel easy to you, I wonder if you're really called to do it. Mm. And interesting, yeah. I walked away, and again, like we don't have to agree with everything everybody that we follow sure. says or does, right? But I just yeah. it challenged me to actually think sort of on the opposite end of that spectrum of what you're saying. And I walked away thinking, like, hmm, that that particular area for me has been an area where God's brought a lot of freedom. And in the beginning, it actually didn't feel easy or natural at all. Um, but now I, f- I feel like God's really grown me in that. And that's been a gift mm. to get to walk with him through. And there's a refining piece in that that's happened. And um, so I, d- I don't know that like seeing either extreme, like, oh, it should be really easy or, oh, it should always be hard is, is right. Like, and we yeah. love to live in black and white. And I just think it's a little yeah. more gray than that. Does that make sense? Yes. 100%. I always think about like, I I have always been, I guess, quote unquote, gifted in communication. I mean, my yeah. Yeah. degree is in communication and yet I don't have a career that some people would look at and be like, Oh, she's super successful communicator, mm. you know? So yeah. it's like, it's just different in the perspective whenever this is one gift that I have that I know that I have this gift because 
It's been spoken over me. I've heard it from the Lord, like all these things. You are a communicator. Okay. But that doesn't mean that just because I have this one thing that it's really easy for me to get on a podcast every day or a few times a week, uh, get on a stage and speak or write. Like, it's just so, I, like you said, it's, it's gray. It's nuanced. It does. It's yeah. not black and white. And just because it's, you might have a gift that communicate of communication or whatever it is. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy Yeah, and vice versa. Even if, you know, you have, you, uh, let's say I, I have, I don't have a gift in admin. Yeah. I am terrible at admin, but what that enabled me to do was, you know, start working with someone who is incredibly gifted in admin and I'm learning and being refined from her Mm -hmm. and watching her work and being like, her brain is incredible to me. I'm like, she can literally figure out anything. She can do anything. She can, I mean, her name is Jamie. She's going to edit this podcast because I'm like, because she's amazing and she can pick something up and do it. And I'm like, that gives me something to admire in someone else Mm -hmm. and even strive for and look at how can I emulate some of her giftings and, you know, learn from her giftings as well, which I think kills comparison. Yes, it does. And I think the more we celebrate, like, you know what? Praise God that he gave her the gift of admin mm-hmm. because that is not my gift either. But like, that's, I think what the church and the body of Christ is supposed to look like, right? Like totally. what if we all had the same gifts? That would be yeah. so boring. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm actually so incredibly thankful for that. So I'm glad that you called that out. For so sure. good. Yeah. Okay, there's one topic, and this is kind of our last topic that I want to drive home because I want to learn more about it from you. And it is macro quitting versus micro quitting. Mm-hmm. What do those mean? What tell okay. me more about all that? Okay, this chapter I actually didn't originally include in my proposal. Like it was a late ad, and Ooh. I just felt like this is something we don't talk about, but we all wrestle through in our calling from time to time. And so as I started thinking about like, there's moments where there's a big life altering shift. There's also moments where like it's death by a thousand cuts. And I just need to like, I just need to like pull back from some things and kind of pivot in a new direction. And so the Lord just gave me this, these two ideas, these two terms. So micro quitting would be, okay, I'll just use our world as an example, right? Like there was a day when you decided, you know what? I don't like admin and it actually sucks the life out of me to edit my podcast. And it feels like a wise choice to macro quit. I'm sorry, micro quit that particular area of this thing God's called me to do. So I'm going to enable somebody else to use their gifts in order to come in and help me. And I'm actually going to use that time that I did spend editing my podcast to do something that I am gifted in and I don't have time for right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that would be an example of like a small pivot, an example of micro quitting in our calling Mm -hmm. macro quitting, I think is the really tough one. Right. And I share a story, uh, in there about a moment where God actually called me to lay down and and quit in a sense that ministry that I described earlier in the episode. And I had this beautiful conversation with my mom that I'll never forget. I was sitting on her couch and she looked at me and she just said, you know, I kind of sense like 
God's calling you to some like new territory with this like writing and speaking thing. And like, are you feeling that same way? What does that mean for the ministry moving forward? And it had so been on my heart. I just like needed her to say it out loud. Right. Yeah. And I just, I mean, the dam broke, I just broke down and I was like, yeah, mom, like I, I just really think it's time. And she looked at me and said, Rebecca, you don't need me to say this. And you can be faithful to where God leads without like my permission or encouragement. But if it helps you to hear me say, like you were faithful to what God had for that ministry. I watched you. I watched God work through, you know, what he put on your heart. And that was beautiful and good and holy and right and for a season. And it's also okay that like God's calling you into something new. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we need a friend to like call that out in us. Right. Mm -hmm, And I think so many times those macro quitting moments can be filled with so much guilt and shame, which we know is not from the Lord. And so my encouragement in that is just to like give you the same permission slip my mom gave me of like, you actually don't need man's approval to be faithful. But if it helps to hear like, it's okay that God calls you into something new, then then that's, um, that's okay too. And so, so yeah, that's sort of the idea of the difference between macro quitting and micro quitting, how it shows up in our calling. Um, and it's, it's it. hard to walk through and we need to point ourselves back to truth in that. So, yeah, but that is, it's such a cool idea, I guess. And, uh, comparing these two things, because I would think of like, you know, the day-to-day, how can you micro quit things in your day-to-day to streamline something or, um, or do you need to macro quit something? I mean, I'm thinking about whenever I was in college and started a nonprofit and it was great for however many, six years. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is, it's getting like my, the clarity of it started to get fuzzy. And I started to feel like, no, I need to, if it needs either, it needs to evolve into something else, or I need to switch gears and do something else. So it was similar to what you were saying. And I think I ended up having to give myself the permission slip because I, I don't know, that's just kind of how it happened in my life. And so I'm wondering like, if someone listening needs to hear that it's okay to macro quit, whatever that you feel like is almost a weight now at this point, it used to feel very significant and on purpose and for a reason, it can still be, have been for a reason for that season. That's right. That's right. And And like God will use what he built and refined in you in that particular thing for where he's taking you next. Right. I can, I can so see how, what God developed in me in that season and probably what he developed in you in that season of leading that thing, probably the, the biggest thing at that point in our lives, we had led up to that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like what a gift that is. And I use some of those skills even today. And so, so yeah, there's so much encouragement there, even though it's hard. I love it. So if somebody needs a permission slip, here it is. <laughs> here it is. Here it <laughs> to is. micro or macro quit. Yes. To position yourself for something bigger and better and eternal. Yes. I love I it. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I love, love this conversation. You're amazing. And I cannot wait to hold your book in my mm. own hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. I cannot wait. 
Thank Tell you so much. Tell us all for... the details on when we can, where we can yeah. find you, where we can find it, all of that. Sure. So I'm probably the most active on Instagram and my handle is at Rebecca George author, and you can order the book on your favorite online retailer, Amazon, Barnes Noble, Christian book, whatever. And, um, probably for a week or so after the book comes out, we're going to continue to let people in on all the pre-order bonuses. So if you want to go grab all of those, we're giving away like everything, all the things over at do the thing book.org. So do the thing book.org. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, friend. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend, and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget, let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B, and I hope to meet you there.